Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And we are so excited to be back talking about more Jack Black. Um, and, and Tracy, even though this weekend you're running a marathon and a half K and a half marathon and a 5K and it, what all the Ks. I, I realized I said half K. That's not a race. A half, a half kilometer. No, it is. It is. Oh, is that? Okay. I guess the 500 meter. Yeah, for, that would be for a some half of us. K. It is. Yeah, for, for some of us, that's a, that's a long distance run. But even though you're doing that through the magic of recording, we are still bringing you a fresh new episode Monday morning. Hopefully, Tracy is still doing fine after he's done all that running all weekend. So um, I'll be. Uh, I'll be. I, I, I'm I'm hopeful that I'll be able to make it over to Animal Kingdom on Monday because there's not a lot in that one. There's not a lot of walking. It's a smaller mm-hmm. park, so yeah. Hopefully, my legs will still be working. Just just go on the um, the river one that's in, uh, in oh Pandora. Oh my gosh, Pandora. Yeah, just go on that one over and over again. It, I heard it's long. <laughs> you sit in a boat. It seems like it's just nice and relaxing. Um, we're going to make a beeline for flight of passage. (laughs) And then after that, it's going to be slow walking and seeing whatever we see. I'm interested to to hear how it goes (laughs) because they're not doing fast passes right now uh, in Disney world. Um, so there has been lines and you just have to wait. There's not really anything you can do except wait. So, but I've also heard lines haven't been that bad, but I've also heard it's starting to get busier. Yeah. Um, the the last time that I went to Walt Disney World, I went over Marathon Weekend. I was doing the half, um, but I went over to Animal Kingdom and got in line. And I was at the park like five minutes after it opened, went over to Flight of Passage. It was already a four and a half hour wait. Um, oh, wow. I got in line and it ended up being six and a half hours. I was only in line for four and a half, but it, but it ended up uh, the busiest of the day was six and a half that's the only ride that I've ever been on where I would say that was worth the wait. Wow. Um, so I've heard that right now it's been going about 45 minutes to an hour and I'm like, Oh, then that's fine. <laughs> but um, from, from all accounts, Disney has been really good about making sure that there's spacing between people in lines. And that's part of what's, what's slowing it down. Yeah. Um, they have limited um, seats. They're not putting all the people into every seat. Normally, they're so good at making sure that every seat is filled. Um, that's not the case. So um, it'll be good, but the weather should be good. We're looking at uh, like high 60s as a high, which is which is beautiful. So I'm I'm ready to get out of the cold and get a little warm. Yeah, it should be fun. We we wish you all the best uh, on you. the race, and and I think it'll go really well. Um, we are continuing Jack Black January here on Movies That Make Us. Last week we talked about the big year. Um, we all gave it relatively high grades. I think A minus B plus was what we gave it. Um, this week we are talking about a very different movie, a very different <laughs> Jack Black performance. Uh, and I think this is more the kind of performance that people expect from Jack Black. We are talking about Nacho Libre, um, which came out, I think, in 2007. And this was directed by Jared Hess, who did uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was kind of his big follow-up, his first kind of big studio film, because Napoleon Dynamite was an independent film that got picked up and distributed by some studios. Um, this was his first kind of big, big budget film. And he chose to focus on small town Mexican wrestling for his big 
budget <laughs> premiere. And this is what we got. It was Nacho Libre with Jack Black. And so let's talk about this movie uh, and what we thought about it. Um, yeah, well, I'm, ready to, I, I'm ready to go. I have my stretchy pants on. You've got your stretchy pants on. I've got my stretchy pants. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I think we've all had our stretchy pants on since March. Make, uh -huh. Just make yeah. sure you wash your stretchy pants because I think we've all worn stretchy <laughs> pants more this year than any other year. Or last year, I guess. Last year than any yeah, other last year. year. Um, last I mean, year. I think I coming think out of a movie like, like, like Napoleon Dynamite, you know, Napoleon Dynamite is a really odd movie. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, some people love how odd and, uh, how weird it is. And then coming into Nacho Libre, it is also very odd. It has a very good message. It has more of a message, I think, than, um, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon mm -hmm. Dynamite obviously has like some, you know, good messages in there, but I think Nacho Libre, if you take out all of the kind of silliness and oddities, um, it has a really good message and really good heartfelt characters, but they are on the spectrum of oddity. Um, mm -hmm. And I think when this movie came out, none of us had ever seen a movie like this before, like anything mm -hmm. close to this. And so I think it had this kind of um, a spectacle um, around it because, you know, it, it was based on something that, and they just tell the story in such a weird way. Like pitch mm -hmm. this one. Okay. We're talking about pitching a bird movie last weekend yes. um, or last Monday, but let's pitch this one. Like there's a, a, you know, orphan children and in this small <laughs> town, and then you've got, you know, Jack black who I don't know what nationality he is. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> like it, it, that accent is all over the board. <laughs> yeah yeah so okay that's something i think that's an elephant in the room that we've got to talk about a little bit like the depiction of like hispanic mexican uh -huh. culture uh -huh. um i just don't know that this gets made today in this way no no i i mean and i know that's only 13 that. years old and so i feel like it's not that old but i i don't i don't know I, I had not seen this in years and going back and watching it, I felt the same thing, Jake. I was like, Oh, this, this would not be, this would not be made this, the, in this, in this era for sure. Yeah. If he did, if it was made, it would definitely have think, to be more. Of an so this is, route. Yeah. I think though, if you look at this film and you look at the way that he depicts where they're from, and you look at Napoleon Dynamite and you, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Idaho who are like, mm -hmm. that is not us. It is you. Um, but they're like, um, <laughs> I think that this director, this, this filmmaker specifically likes to take the odd part of cultures mm -hmm. and, yeah. and show us how you shouldn't take everything so seriously. I don't think he's, and I could be wrong. And if I am, I totally reach out to me and tell me, I don't think he's being racist. I do think that he no. looks at um, very specific cultures. And I do think that he shows the weirdness. We all have weirdness in our families, weirdness in our cultures. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think, you know, he is, it's on that fine line because Jack Black is not of that ethnicity. Um, right but he could have just grown up there. Like, I don't know. I kind of don't question it, but maybe we should, I don't know. Or maybe well, we, I think we they, shouldn't. And we should just have fun with this really weird nonsense. 
I think at one point he talks about where he's from because like his mother was like a Catholic nun something and it nun and like his father was a Lutheran something. And like, it seems like from somewhere in Europe, I can't remember. I have to go back and watch, but it seems like they address it a little bit, but I, I think I don't, I agree with you Val. I don't think it's, it's being um, racist. I think though that today, if you go into a studio and you say, this is what I want to do, I think they'd say, well, that's great, but we're not doing it. Because I think there would be fears of it be coming across as being right. insensitive. I think everybody's right. a little bit more cautious about that. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a good thing overall. Right. But I think at the time this was made, um, that wasn't as much in the conversation as it is now. And I think, um, I mean, it's similar to... Um, when you had Dr. Strange come out and uh, the actress who played uh, the ancient one and people being upset because, mm, Hilda. you know, yeah, she was great, but she wasn't Asian. And so are we whitewashing a role and things like that? Uh, so, the whole Scarlett Johansson issue. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think, I think that those are conversations that would be had if this film were pitched today. However, I agree. I don't think there's anything, um, of malice in the film. I think it's all in good fun. Um, And I think, I don't think there's anything hatefully portrayed. Now, if, if you feel differently, we'd love to hear about it. And we're always open to conversation and please help us know. We, we don't want to come across as insensitive ourselves, but I do think that that's something that would be a conversation. If somebody pitched this film today, Mm -hmm. just 13 years later. So, yeah, but that being said, it it is a a weird film. It's funny because touching back on Napoleon Dynamite, um, it came out when I was teaching film and I was teaching at the business college downtown and I had a lot of international students. And it was so funny because my international students would come up to me and be like, all my friends are talking about this. I went and saw it. I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. Why do people think this is so funny? And I had to explain to them because it's such a cultural Thing I think even people outside of the Intermountain West um, mm-hmm. don't get it as much as us because it's like that was a lot of of what growing up was about. And yeah. I remember seeing it at Sundance, um, and I was with my wife. And when he dumps the action figure out of the back of the bus with the string tied to it, I just about lost it. I was on the floor giggling, and she's like, "Why is that so funny?" And I'm like, "Because we did that." that is something that I did when I was a kid. And she's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, I don't know, but we did. And I kind of think it's kind of the same um, with, with Nacho. It has this kind of love for luchador wrestling, which is mm-hmm. an odd subset of wrestling to begin with. So it, it definitely is on this quirky, weird area yeah. area of that. We don't normally see depicted on film. Yeah. And and it's funny because you watch it and they do a lot of things. And I, I'm not super familiar with luchador wrestling compared to professional wrestling in the United States, but they get a lot of things um, pretty spot on. Like Ramsey's is always walking around with his mask on in public. Like there are luchadors that that's what they do every time they appear in public in, in a suit or a shirt and jeans, they've got their mask on because that's such a big part of their identity. And it's a big deal. Like when he takes Nacho's mask off in the ring, like that's a huge thing that you just don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge sign of disrespect. Um, They're like Mandalorians. And, yeah. Yeah. It, it's very similar to the, this is the way kind of Mandalorian <laughs> creed. Like, 
Um, so I loved seeing that depicted that, you know, at the party, Ramses is sitting there in his pink suit and his gold mask is still on. And he's just, you know, um, just being Ramses and, and like even the, the satanic cavemen or whatever they were, the cavemen of Satan or whatever. And they're still in their masks. And like, it is a big part of the luchador wrestling um, that if you're not familiar with it at all, just seems really weird, but it, it kind of gives it that it, it, quirky charm that I think uh-huh. um, we get in this, that we got in Napoleon dynamite as well. So, but but this to me I definitely think is very this movie. You have to be in the mood to watch. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, I we agree. talked last week about how the big year was Jack Black dialed down to one. This is Jack Black dialed up to eleven. So it's a very Jack Black movie. Um, yeah, and, and I I think I got to be honest with you. I think if you have somebody else in this role, this movie won't work. This movie to me yeah. really only works because of Jack Black. Yeah, I agree. I don't think anybody else could play this role the same way that he did. And I think that that's um, a testament to who he is as a performer, because I I really don't think this movie works with someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There were some great lines in the movie. There were some great um, moments in the movie. But I think going back and watching this movie again after I hadn't seen it in such a long time, um, it was hard to get through it. Am mm-hmm. I not fun anymore? <laughs> no, I, no, that's definitely not the case. I, I, I agree with you. Like I started watching it. I ended up having to buy it because I started watching it on Netflix last week and I was like, well, I'll come back to this. And so then Last night, as I'm trying to, oh, I've, I've still got to watch this movie. Found out it left Netflix on December 31st. Yeah. So that was not awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I had to rent it because same issue. I was like, oh, it's on Netflix. It'll be great. And then, nope. Well, I, w- I went to go rent it, and it was only a dollar difference to buy it. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just mm-hmm. buy it because I feel dumb. But but I had like a half hour left in the movie. I'm like, I don't know what else is left to show in this movie. Like what are, but I guess it's the hero moment and everything that he gets at the end. When this movie came out, I really, really liked it a lot. Um, And I think it's coming off of the heels of, I really like Napoleon dynamite. And I felt like this was still different. Um, And maybe I'm just at a different place in my life and I've seen good movies recently or something, but now I watched it and I'm like, I, I don't know. Like there are still some moments that I love. There are some great lines in this. We talked about stretchy pants. We, Mm -hmm. you know, I love the very end scene where he just turns to uh, the sister and just gives her that cheesy, super cheesy smile. And that's just the end. Like, I love those little quirky things in it, but like, yeah. And every time he does a jump or a, a move or a kick, he farts. And I don't understand why that was funny to me 13 years ago, but it totally was. And now I'm just like, okay, there's a lot yeah. of fart humor. This, and maybe it's because I'm constantly telling my kids like, okay, guys, that's enough. I've just become too much of a dad. That's the problem. I'm too much. Maybe I'm not fun anymore. Now. Maybe that's <laughs> Usually I'm of the opinion that farts are funny, but it, it can definitely get too much. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Well, and this one, I used to think flirted yeah. with that line. I think it jumps over that line quite a bit, but 
totally feel that way. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's uh, not a lot of plot, not a lot of story. It's um, not even a lot of character development, but it is kind of just this study of these oddball characters that that do this. And and I think it's interesting. I was I was thinking about this. Um, Jared Hess has a very in both films, uh, Napoleon Dynamite and this one, he does weird things with food. The whole opening mm -hmm. sequence for Napoleon Dynamite is all food based. And then on this one, when when Jack Black finally gets some money and he's able to uh, to help the kids at the orphanage and he's he's giving them all these salads. And each one is like this weird creation making different animals or faces. And I just was like. Okay, he's yeah. got. He's, I mean, and and that's the sort of thing that I kind of notice when I'm not as engaged emotionally in the film. Like mm -hmm. we've talked about that before. Is when right. when I'm watching the film, I'm not watching for the editing. I'm not watching for the cinematography. Like I'll notice things and be like, okay, and I'll go back and study those and and learn from them. But when I'm noticing stuff like that, like oh, this is similar to Napoleon Dynamite's food sequence, I'm not as engaged as I as I would hope to be. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I think you're, you're right on the, on the plot um, and the character development, but I also feel like that's kind of a hallmark of Jared Hess mm -hmm. films because Napoleon mm -hmm. Dynamite, there's not much of a plot in Napoleon Dynamite. And, and, and Napoleon, Gentleman Broncos gets even less so. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gentleman Broncos is, is even more bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and Napoleon is is the same character at the end of Napoleon Dynamite that he is at the beginning of Napoleon Dynamite, really, in a lot of ways. And I think you, you get a little bit more growth with Nacho, um, but still, I agree. There's just not a ton. And if you're not Nacho Libre, there's no character development in this. No. I mean, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it is very much, it is very, to me, this is like Batman Returns. Okay, you've got Batman where Tim Burton was said they said here's the keys to the kingdom, but mm -hmm. we're going to put you on, you know, a leash and you know whatever. And then with Batman Returns, it was like here's the keys keys to the kingdom and do whatever you want. Right. Um, and I think with this, yeah, Napoleon Dynamite, where he was constricted not by a studio but by a budget and things that he couldn't afford to do. And then they said, okay, now make whatever movie you want. And this is what he put together, and it's it's even more Hess than Napoleon Dynamite was. <laughs> Who would have guessed Napoleon Dynamite would be his most mainstream film? Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true. That's but hey, he's got a voice. He's got his own style, his own yeah. um, take. He's not generic. That's for sure. And, and, and we often say we wish, we wish that filmmakers would, would take more risks and be more creative. And then, we get it and we go, eh, I don't know if that's exactly what yeah. I wanted. <laughs> well, I want them to be creative um, in the way. I mean, I think I there's like a time and a place for it. I think sometimes it is good. I, I agree, Val. Oh, for sure. Like, Sorry, I'm a I little like, behind today. <laughs> no, all right. I, I, I like to. There are there have been times where I go and I watch a movie and I'm like that was nothing that I expected and I like mm -hmm. the direction that they went in it. I think Parasite is a great example of that where you watch it, it's a very weird and creative film and it's not anything that I would have ever imagined, but you have to appreciate it for what it is. Um, but sometimes they get creative and it just goes out in this really weird direction that I'm just like I don't totally. I, I don't that. know if I'm wanting to go on that journey with you. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I still laughed at a lot of moments in this um, film. I think I one of my favorite characters. It. Yeah. I think one of my favorite characters in the film is uh, the music. I love mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. the music in this movie. It's so much fun. It paints a picture of what's going on. And I think if you, if they would have used any other uh, music or score, it wouldn't have made it the same movie. So I think it's a, it's a character in itself. Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, Danny Elfman. And I, I remember reading about this when this happened. Um, there was another composer that had started working on this film. And then Elfman came in and there was controversy over how much of the, each one of their music was used and like Elfman wanted solo credit because he's like, I did like 90% of the score. Um, they ended up sh sh uh, sharing, co-starring the, the music rights. But I'm a big Danny Elfman film and, and it fits with him. He does like, and then Jake, it ties back in with the Tim Burton that you were talking about. He likes the weird, the quirky. Mm -hmm. um, you go back and listen to some of the Oingo Boingo stuff and it's just awesomely bizarre. I was a big Boingo fan before he became a music scorer. So or composer, I should say, yes. Um, I I love Danny Elfman. Um, and you guys know I'm a big Tim Burton fan. And so, of course, I love Danny Elfman because so many of the Tim Burton films that I love, he's also done the score for. Um, and he doesn't just like weird, bizarre stories. If you follow him on Instagram, you can see pictures of stuff that he has in his house. He just likes weird and bizarre <laughs> things, period. Um, and I love, um, if you have time... Um, on Netflix, they've got the holiday movies uh, that that made us. So they've got the movies that made us where they took our title for our show and turned it into theirs. And that's fine. We love you, Netflix. Um, and then they've got the holiday movies that made us. And they talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. And he talks about how he transitioned from being the front man for Oingo Boingo to writing scores for films. And, you know, a lot of the lyrics that he wrote for Jack Skellington in nightmare before Christmas was expressing how he was feeling for wanting to move on from doing rock star shows mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. doing something different, becoming something different. And it's just really fascinating, but I love the music in this. Um, the, the song at the beginning where it's the, I am, I am do, do, do. And I don't want to get in trouble on YouTube, so I won't sing anymore. Um, <laughs> Like as I was getting ready this morning for this, I'm singing that song as I'm getting ready. And I'm like, I feel like I'm doing my own, like getting ready montage for the, the movie to make this uh, podcast. And so um, it's just really catchy stuff and really great music. And I do think that the music becomes a character of its own and maybe the most developed character of the whole film. That's, that's a good point. And I, I remember reading, because Elfman has gone on before this, you know, he, he made his big splash with Batman, um, but mm -hmm. he was known as this big bombastic, big movie um, film composer. And when this film was coming out, that's what he was really known for. And I remember reading an article where he said that he took this film because he wanted to do something more creative and different, completely different from something that he had done before. And he said that at the beginning, he thought that they would do small musical interludes between scenes and he just had so much fun with it. He just kept writing music for it. And eventually it became a full score with a full orchestra and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I, I love 
the funny moments in this movie, and I think there are a lot of them, and I think Jack Black is the main funny part of it. I also like his sidekick, the they call him El Skeletal or whatever, the the skeleton guy, and he's great. Um, but I, I love the stretchy pants line. I say that all the time because <laughs> I wear stretchy pants all the time now. <laughs> Sometimes a man must wear stretchy pants. <laughs> he's just so committed to this role. I mean, he is. Yeah, this, he really he is. He is a hundred percent. He's chewing on the scenery, but he knows it, and he's okay yeah. with it. And yeah, he just—he's so enthusiastic. This character is so enthusiastic um, about the kids, and enthusiastic about wrestling, and enthusiastic about his clothes. He has the frilly shirt, you know, and just that <laughs> accent. It's—I it, forgive it because it is so silly. <laughs> And it's so earnest mm-hmm. from him. It's like, you could say, you know, what kind of accent is this? And and I asked that a couple times during the movie, but it's just, he's so committed to it that it, it, it works on some level. Right. Which is why I think going back to what you said before, I don't think anybody else could have done this except Jack Bach, no. because I don't know that anybody else would have had the same commitment to being just ridiculous and over the top. And he <laughs> is like from the shoes that he gets when he gets the nice shoes, when they've got money and he wears them everywhere, even with his, his friar no, robe. No. And like when he's walking away from the monastery and he's got his stretchy pants on and that's it. And then his white shoes. And it just is such a ridiculous scene where he's got his bag over his shoulder and he's just walking away. And like, you have to be committed to make that scene come off. And he does. And it's incredible. If you don't go a hundred percent, it's not going to work at all. And that scene where he's trying to impress the nun when he's going to fight off the bad guys yes. and, and he's doing these deep knee bands <laughs> to show how stretchy the pants are. I'm like Jack Black, he, you think of them <laughs> as being this big, large guy and he is, but boy, that guy has some athletic ability. He's got some skills when it comes to moving his body. He, he does. And again, this points us back to what Val yeah. mentioned earlier, his Instagram videos on his Instagram <laughs> feed. You want to see him moving his body, check out his Instagram feed. <laughs> so it's a weird, it's weird. Like really his body and I'm not putting down people's bodies, but when right. you think of someone that should be flexible, they don't usually mm-hmm. have that shape. Right. Um, right. And he is, Un- unhumanly flexible with his body. And I think it's just because he's so active all the time. Like mm-hmm. he is just constantly moving in these weird positions all the time, not just in his movies, but like at home, I think he just is constantly moving. It's so he's just, I don't know. He's an anomaly for me. He's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just get pulled in by Jack black. I know like when this movie came out, you know, it was one of those things that I was just into really weird all the time. So mm-hmm. I just thought it was super great going back and watching it again. There are really just moments that I love, but I think those moments are just seeing Jack black be Jack black. Um, when usually in a movie, that's not what I want to see. I want to see the character and I want to lose who the actor is. But I think with this movie, I just see Jack black the whole time playing a character as Jack black. And I don't hate it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if I didn't enjoy Jack Black as much as I do, I would totally hate this movie. And I can see why some people are like, oh, I'm just not a Jack Black fan. Because I think either you're in it and you love the weird and the oddity that is him or you don't. I don't know that there's a middle ground. You can't just be like, okay Mm -hmm. with Jack Black. You know what I mean? He really 
strikes you as you love him or hate him. Um, and I love him. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, my wife is coming around on Jack Black. And I think the problem is I realized as we got ready for this episode and the episode last week, I realized that I did it in the wrong order. This was the first movie that I ever showed her with Jack Black in it. And uh, she just wasn't into it. Uh, but now that she's seen like the holiday, cause we've talked about that. And now that she's seen uh, the big year, she's starting to see that he's got more of a range than just what we see in, in Nacho Libre. But I agree. If you're not, <laughs> if you're not into Jack Black, this is not a great movie. If you're into Jack Black, then he's, there's enough funny moments to save it yeah. for you that you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this mm-hmm. is enjoyable and funny, but if you're not, Otherwise, then yeah, don't watch it. Well, and, and I got to say, Jake, I, I know you and I have an affinity for the band Rush, and Jack yes. Black was a huge Rush fan, and Neil Peart, the drummer, was was always very stoic. He's got a great sense of humor, um, but he when he would play and perform, he was in the zone, like he mm-hmm. was so focused on what he was doing. And there was one year where they were performing and they have a very famous album called 2112 where they have a star um, and then they have a a naked guy from behind Mm -hmm. um, in front of that star. And at one point, Jack Black ran out on the stage, climbed up on part of the, the set, dropped his pants and did the pose. And I'm just like, you know, that he, and he, and he busted Neil up. Like Neil lost it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so when you can distract that guy, then you're doing something right, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and he gets away with that kind of stuff because he is Jack Black. And I, <laughs> thinking mm-hmm. about it, his his physicality is really the only person that I can think of that kind of matches it was was Chris Farley, who would yeah. like do cartwheels across the stage. And you're like, a guy that, that big should happen. not be able to move like that. And he could. And Jack Black is very similar in that way. Um I think even more though, I think he, he takes it to another level that Chris Farley didn't take it to, but um, it, it is just really bizarre to see somebody built um, like that to be able to move like that. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job in this film. I don't know how much of the in the ring stuff he did um, and how much of it they, you know, if he's behind a mask, that's body double. really convenient to say, Hey, let's get a body double and throw it in here. I kind of get the feeling like he'd be down for it though. Oh yeah, I think so too. And and the thing is, um, I don't want to ruin the illusion for anybody out there, but <laughs> a lot of wrestling is choreographed and a lot of the moves are are not real. I don't want to ruin the illusion. <laughs> and I do love that this movie doesn't ruin that at all. Like in this movie, wrestling is a hundred percent real that these guys are like beating each other up and he's not good just because he's not a good fighter. Um, <laughs> But like, I wonder how much of of the choreography he he actually did himself because I think he's capable of it. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. he would he would be able to pull it off. I'm pretty sure the last move at the end where he flies like halfway across the arena that was not 100 percent real. Maybe it was <laughs> through the magic of movie making. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, I oh, think he's man. an incredible. I think it was movie. also really nice to see Penelope Cruz, um, or wh- who is the nun? Was that? Oh my uh, goodness! Who played the nun? I'm looking it up right now because I'm not. Um, I, I really like. I really uh, liked her. Sorry, my internet's being super slow today. 
Ana de la Guarda. Sorry, I said it was Penelope Cruz, but I, Ana de la Guarda is in a, a few things, and it was really neat to see her in um, a role that was a little odd as well. Like she's been in some pretty serious movies. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was kind of nice to see her in that role. It was a very quiet role, but I think it was very, yeah, she was in very, um, it was a significant role, I think. Yeah, she was in yes. Narcos. She was in Twin Peaks uh, from Dust to Dawn and The Blacklist. Um, she did a lot of telenovela work, which I wait, think- Wait, wait, you left off it. her biggest. She was mm -hmm. in Cowboys and Aliens. Oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot about that. I forget. I think that Craig has also tried to forget about that one. That, that film should have worked. I mean, it, it's got cowboys. It's got. Hey, aliens, I like that Daniel movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's just because you're a big John Favreau fan. And yeah. Harrison Ford fan. <laughs> yes. Um. But yeah, this is a very quiet role, and I think she does a great job playing it. And I think you have to offset Jack Black with something because when, yeah. especially when you're taking the the reins off and saying just go and be Jack Black, you've got to have somebody that kind of offsets that. And she does a great job doing that um, and not getting lost in the film uh, as a result. Because every this is a very very similar film in how it's done compared to Napoleon Dynamite, you can tell that Jared Hess has a very deliberate style in his directing because he's got the main character that stands out in a super quirky way. He's got the sidekick, you know, it's Pedro in, in Napoleon Dynamite. It's Esqueleto here in um, Nacho Libre. And then you've got the girl and then everybody else plays everything completely subdued yes. and mm -hmm. um, just really quiet. And that's what you see in, in this as well, you've got the main characters and then everybody else. I mean, the other monks like have no personality right. whatsoever. And, and that's a very deliberate <laughs> thing. It's like when we talk about Hayden Christensen in the prequel trilogy, that was a deliberate directing choice right. in how right. he played that character. Um, this is a very deliberate thing in this movie as well for all of the side characters to be very subdued and quiet. Um, and, and, it helps the main character stand out, especially a main right. character played by Jack Black. So, well, well I mean, I, I, I've been to a monastery. I've, I've uh -huh. been, and the monks in general are very subdued, but I think in, they, they did a really good job in this movie um, at saying so much in the quiet, like the, the people that played these monks, they were, what is the word? Um, projecting this energy um, mm -hmm. that went along with the energy of the film so well. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, well I was going to say, it, it, it kind of makes me think of when Into the Spider-Verse came out and I saw an interview with Nicolas Cage and he said that they were doing Spider-Man Noir and the director was like, uh, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And, and Nick Cage said, okay, so you want me to go full Nick Cage on this? I got you. We're ready to go. Let's do it. And then the next day he nailed it. And this is old Jack Black. This is Jack Black yeah. uh, unleashed on this film. Yes. Well, even even when he's singing the song at the party with Ramses, he goes into complete and total Jack Black singing because he adds yeah. in this. <laughs> so yeah. And it's just... <laughs> And it's just hilarious. But and with his tell, accent, like, it's so I think perfect. I am singing at the party. party. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 
And I think there were probably moments where, you know, the director comes over to him and he's like, okay, so this scene just needs something. And Jack's like, I got it. I know what to do. Let me just no add problem. this in here. And like, and, and just winging it. And it just comes out better than anything you could imagine because he's just, he's just great. He gets in the moment and he does a great job. And this really like, honestly, as, as, bad as maybe the script is and as bad as maybe the plot is jack black is really really good in this movie and Mm -hmm. it it really Mm -hmm. does allow him to be full-on jack black in a way that a lot of movies don't allow him to be and and saves the film and makes it watchable Uh Uh unless you don't like jack black in which case it is a hundred percent not watchable for you (laughs) why are you even there's nothing else yeah, there's no yeah, middle ground exactly. on this film. There's no yeah. middle ground. It's it's a very extreme on either end. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's let's. Go I do ahead. think it still has yeah. heart. I do think it still uh-huh. has a good like like moral message. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because deep down inside, he just really wants to take care of this community. Um, and he wants to do whatever he can to do that, even stepping outside of what he thinks is comfortable um, for him, you know, cause he's, he's wrestling for the kids. He's wrestling. So, right. you know, mm-hmm. that they have a better life and you kind of miss that because there's just so many shenanigans in the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he is true to that character a hundred percent throughout the film. There's never a point yeah. where he wonders why he's doing it or loses sight of that. I mean, there's, there's moments where the money starts coming in and he gets like the fancy shoes and whatever, but he really is focused on the orphans throughout and he stays true to that. I love, I love when they come back and uh, after they've, I think it's the day after the party and they're talking about stuff and his sidekick guy is like, I don't even like the orphans. And he's like, what did you say? I don't even like, I hate the orphans, all orphans say that one more time. And like, he keeps having him repeat it over and over. And I'm like, (laughs) to me, I feel like that was a scene where he had to say, what did you say? And then he says it again. And then they get into a fight, but Jack Black's like, I'm going to stretch this out. And I'm going to, so it's just overly ridiculous. Um, but that I think is what you get when you get a, a, an actor like Jack Black on screen. Um, and some directors are really good about if they want that reined in, getting the performance they want, but if they don't want it reined in, letting him be Jack Black. And I think if you're not clear about that, you, you don't get a, a great performance and, and this, they let him be him and it was great. Yeah. So, and I agree. There is a lot of heart. Um, even at the, even at the very end, I, you know, he does exactly what he said he was going to do after he wins. He gets the bus, they go on the field trip, and then he gives that cheesy smile, and he's wearing the ugliest blue outfit I've ever seen. I don't know what that is. It is like a leisure suit mixed with a friar robe in baby blue. <laughs> but it's beautiful in its hideousness. And, um, but yeah, he did it for the orphans, and it was great. And that's when he really shines too is when he decides that's what he's going to do and it's for the anyway it's for the kids i do love when they're walking just some great lines where they're walking through the town and he's like that's where i get the produce and that's where i get the chips from the secret spot and that is a crazy lady and like (laughs) his his accent almost makes me think of the princess bride with the spaniard Yes. That that kind of long, drawn out. uh, Yeah. 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 
It's like <laughs> you watch it though, and I think that's one reason why you can't really get too offended by it because you're watching it and you're like, I don't even know who he would be offending at this point because I don't even know what that accent is. <laughs> yeah, this is one you've either got to accept and go with it or you're not going to have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you do, you do end up having a good time um, and you just can't look at it with too critical an eye. And I know that people hate that kind of stuff when we should be. Listen, sometimes you've got to watch a movie and not be overly critical of it. Like you can recognize this is a really bad movie, but I'm really enjoying it because of X, Y, or Z. Are you entertained? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Great line from the gladiator. Are you not entertained? (laughs) Are you not entertained? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm imagining him saying that in the Jack Black accent. <laughs> Didn't he go by the Spaniard in the Gladiator? Not the yeah, like what they... the Spaniard, yes. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> we need a Jack Black Gladiator movie. That's oh my gosh, recast that role as Jack Black. That'd be hilarious. Tell you what, we'll see anyway. Um I would love to do like a side by side though with Pedro Pascal and his wonderful mustache and then the nacho libre mustache because they were both i mean this was on that level of good it was a great mustache um and he and i think that that just added to the movie as well so really the top characters in the movie are are nacho libre the music and nacho libre's mustache in my opinion those are the top three characters no and then and sister incarnacion was also really really good so But it, it is a ridiculous movie. Um, if you haven't seen it and you like Jack Black, I would be shocked. But you should definitely go see it. Um, if you want good vintage Jack Black, um, definitely go check it out. If you really, really honestly don't like Jack Black being Jack Black, this really, really is not the movie for you. Yeah. But what what uh, what would we give it as a grade? Tracy, what's your grade for Nacho Libre? Uh, I would give Jack Black an A on this one for his commitment and his his just over-the-top go for it. Um, I'm with you, Jake. I hadn't seen this in a long time. I remember thinking um, when I first saw it, I'm like, well, it's not as good as, as Napoleon Dynamite, but it's a, it's it's pretty good. I had I had some issues. The pacing is is rough. Um, I had trouble getting through it. Um, overall, I'd probably give it a C, but I'd give Jack Black an A. Okay. What about you, Val? I mean, I think this, the rating of this movie comes with caveats. Like Tracy said, um, I think Jack Black and what he does in this film is amazing and brilliant. Um, what he brings to it and this character and what he creates just shows, um, what kind of actor and comedian is comedy is hard. Um, Mm -hmm. and when you look, I love that last week we talked about him in a movie, um, with Steve Martin because Steve Martin is like one of the Kings of comedy and Mm -hmm. creating these characters that are off the wall and crazy. Mm -hmm. And not everybody understands these characters that Steve Martin put together. Um, but it's to be respected and they're, they, comedians like Jack Black and Steve Martin don't happen very often. A lot of people try comedy And they just don't get it. I think if you're in the right mood and you have an open mind, I think this movie can be a solid B. Um, I think it's not one that you need to watch over and over, 
to remember all of the fun things about it and the ways um, that you love it because it, you may not feel the same way. You have to be in the right mood to watch this movie. And that is just ready for silliness and fun and you need to be able to depart. I do think that there are scenes that run too long. The scene where they're at, where he's at the house um, trying mm -hmm. to be the big guy and he gets in to the, I, a lot of that stuff doesn't need to be in the movie at all. If you cut right. that all out of the movie, the movie would be fine. I, I, I um, so I would say B minus for me, um, even though I think there is um, striking of brilliance in this film. I love that the director, the filmmaker um, took risks because you guys know how much I love that. Um, mm -hmm. And to make these odd movies is really needed and necessary. Um, but I do think that it, it, it should be tightened up a little um, as a film, um, especially if you're going to be this odd and this different, like keep it tight, man. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta keep us moving. Um, but I, I, I do think that there are moments of brilliance and I do the, the courage of the filmmaker to be so different is, is my favorite. So be yeah. minus. Yeah. I, I agree. I think um, for me, this probably sits at a C plus, but I still enjoy it so much because of Jack Black. And that's really <laughs> the thing. There are so many great lines that I, I quote all the time and love to quote. Um, and you just, you're going to have a good time if you watch it. Um, but if you're going to really look at it as a film, I think it, for me, it's a C plus. And I, I would really love to see um, Jared has come back and direct some more films and tighten up his style and his look. I feel like, this was just more of what we saw in Napoleon Dynamite, which was great and brilliant in its own way. And this is too, but I agree, Val, if you can tighten it up, get rid of some of the, the stuff that doesn't need to be there and evolve as a filmmaker and develop your voice over time, I think he's got a great voice that I'd love to see more of in films. And he could be a director like a Tim Burton who just has a very strong style. But even Tim Burton's earlier stuff is not as good as Tim Burton's later stuff, depending on which films you're looking at. So mm -hmm. um but for me, it's it's probably a C plus, and and Jack Black, I agree, is is just great in this film. <laughs> um, and that's why we're talking about it because it's Jack Black January next week. We will be back talking about. Um, I think we're doing Jumanji next, and then we're finishing off with Be Kind Rewind. Or are we doing it the other way around? I think, I, I think it was flipped. I think we're doing okay, so we're Be Kind Rewind. Be kind rewind. And then we're going yeah. to come back with Jumanji at the end. Um, so really lots more Jack Black stuff coming uh, this month. Please keep coming back and enjoying uh, our discussion of Jack Black. Um, and please like and subscribe our channel. Make sure you're sharing it with your friends. Uh, and until next time, we won't see you at the movies. I am. I am. <laughs>